welcome to doing it with Jenny and Danny. Oh no, it's doing it with Danny and Jenny. I thought that it would be a better um, title for the show that it was Danny and Jenny are doing it. I know because you wanted that to really. I wanted that. To, I wanted you wanted that. it to be real. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not doing Jenny. But I just thought it had like another. You wanted other people to think. Yeah. Like we're in high school or something. Like yeah. you spread a rumor that we're doing it. I think it boosted my stock as much as it lowered yours. Yeah. Yeah. So, so. we balance each other out in that way. So we went with doing it with, with Danny, Danny and Jenny because it's alphabetical. It's not that I have, I'm more successful than Jenny. I mean, I am. Well, I'm where are you? Way more. Yeah. Um, in life, all it, the way around. All the way around. <laughs> I've just been doing great. I don't know. I've got two dogs here. I know. I've got three dogs at home. And a Maine Coon. And I've got a Maine Coon cat. Check my Instagram, at Danny Zucker. But uh, yeah, I have three dogs. But your dogs are better. I hate my dogs. Oh, yeah. I love my dogs. But one of them right now, Birdie, is... She's admitting... There's just an odor. It's not good. So she has this basset hound that I think is... She's 13 and a half. Yeah, which is a million in dog years. Yeah, Lady and, Bird Johnson. And she spelt, She smells a little bit like she died two years ago. She, sm- she might have, you know. I'm sorry, you can't... I don't know if it's like the change in weather today or something. I feel... Yeah, it's... It, 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 it's just... It's permeating the room. It's really bad. And uh, she's chosen to be right next to me, so that's fantastic. I know. It's just wafting. And then Dewey is on my chair right now. Dewey is a Muppet. Yeah, what kind of? How would you describe Dewey? You should look at I'm her looking. at her Instagram. Yeah, look Jenny at, Johnson high five. Hi number five. Uh, Dewey is a petite basset griffon vindine. So usually when people ask, I say he's a mutt because that's just a mouthful. Yeah, that's obnoxious. But it's like a petite basset, like Birdie's a basset hound, and then griffon is wire hair. Oh, in French, vindine is the part of France that he, those dogs came from. So they call them PBGVs. On like dog shows and shit like oh that. Oh my god! So he's just a, I don't know. This makes me hate dogs. And uh, this description. He literally just tried to hump Guy twice. Yeah, Guy is producing our. our Guy's a doing it producer. He's the doing it producer. Yes. We're gonna print out business cards. So we were thinking, you know, Jenny and I are a couple of people we met many years ago. It's a very modern relationship. On, yes. On Twitter. We met, yeah, via Twitter, and then we first met at, was it at the Twitter Awards? Kind of. We had like a pre-meeting, like you had lunch with me with Jenny Mullen, but That's when we first met. But then we, we went. We came to, on the Modern Family set. But then we went to something that was a very prestigious Twitter Awards that were held at yes. the Improv. Yes. And uh, we uh, developed a friendship. Yes. It was it was sort of like soulmate at first sight. I yes, would say. I would say that we all of a sudden became like sitting at the table, like we were too cool. Yeah, what it really was, we, we was, wouldn't let people. Say. I think we were just so socially awkward, and yeah, that, I think so, and it, that we were the only. It two would people. make us look like we were really cool. I don't know how many of you have met people you love on Twitter, like. So there's, you know, especially I'm assuming people listening to this are interested in comedy. That's the that's going to be the thrust of this, even though the beginning of this doing it and thrust are already uh, like what. Oh, my God. <laughs> I like where this is going. See, it's got to be Jenny and Jenny are doing it. <laughs> no, it can't be. <laughs> OK, you're right. It just won't ever be. Yeah, my wife wouldn't like that. Yeah, I um, don't think that she would. Uh, anyway. Yeah, so we met there, and uh, um, but I don't know if you've ever met the people you find funny on Twitter. And uh, actually, with Guy, one time I went to we went to Las Vegas, didn't we? And and there's been tweet ups and things. I've never gone to one of those. Yeah, well, we kind of did. 
It it turned out to be one, but when was that? When we met Lauren Savan. And oh yeah, yeah. Like, but that but, was kind of like a dinner with like comedians. That was that was. It wasn't really like. But you go to these tweet ups and you think like somebody is very outgoing because there's two kinds of comedy writing personalities. I find there's the extroverts who think like, hey, you know, it would be great is if we did a podcast, right? Which is probably you and I. Yes. And then there are the kind who are just sort of brilliant on the page yeah but, but are just in person in, it's in person womp, womp, womp. They are, yeah <laughs> they are an asperger with everything on it yeah a hundred percent yeah so. with cheese but uh yeah. yeah there's there's been people that i've met that i have been like obsessed with following like you you're like oh my god this person is so funny and then you meet them and it's like you know, wake up. Are you, you know, like, are you mad at me? Did I do something wrong? They, like, they hate me. I know. Or they just bury themselves in their phone and then you're like, oh, that. That's why you're That's there. what you, yeah, okay, now I get it. Yeah, before Twitter, I remember like when I was first starting as a writer, I was at a party and there was a really, really quiet guy there and everybody was saying he was like this really great writer and I didn't know who he was and I was like, oh, he's just, I can't imagine he's that great. He hasn't said one funny thing. But it was John Vitti who wrote some of my favorite Simpsons episode. Oh, really? From the beginning, yeah. And he was just, he's a very quiet, shy guy. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah, but he, I mean, he, he wrote one, like, the Mr. Plow episode, which oh, is one really? of my favorite. Oh, really? Oh, I love one Mr. Of my Plow favorite. episode. That's amazing. <laughs> one of my favorites. So. But there's a lot of people, there's a lot of writers, like successful writers. For the most part, actually, when Jenny Mullen and I met you, and I remember we were leaving, and Jenny was like, I can't believe he's so funny in person because oh. all the writers that she had met in the past, she's like, yeah, we're a disaffected group. Yeah. She was like, he's really, f we got to hang out with him again. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, what? I'm funny for a comedy room, but not like, I was like, not a good stand up comedian. Right. But like in a comedy room, I'm really funny. All right. Really funny. Oh my God. But I'm, are you the boss in the comedy room? I'm a delight is what are I am. Are you the boss? I'm not, I, I've been the boss. I'm not the boss right now. Is that now. when you get the biggest laughs? No. When I'm, oh, when I'm the boss? Yeah. No. It's like <laughs> <laughs> everything you say it's like, whoa. No, it's good great. one. I'll go like, my dad my dad has cancer. Yeah. <laughs> oh boss. That's fantastic. Nobody uh, does. He's dead. Nobody died. He, he's dead. He died. Mine is too. Yeah, we both have dead dads. Which was another possible title for the yeah. podcast. <laughs> Our dead dads. Um, my two dead dads. My two dead dads. <laughs> So in the future, just for those of you who haven't tuned out yet, we'll, we'll probably have, we're thinking of having like uh, our comedian friends, yeah, our writer, writer friends. friends, you know, people who are in comedy. We have actor, comedic actors, comedic, actresses. Exactly. Whatever. So we're friends with people who are far more successful than us yeah. intentionally because I think Jenny and I have this policy. Why be friends with anybody who can't help you? Exactly. Or is that just my policy? I think it's probably more of yours, but I usually will find something with someone, you know, yeah. like even if it doesn't seem like they can help you, it's like, yeah, you know, there might be something. There might be something. Better be nice. And, uh, but today there's no guests. Today we are the guests. We're the guests. We'll birdie in her body odor. Yeah. And Dewey. So we thought we'd probably like just talk about ourselves for a little while like, and then let you go and then like tease some funny things that'll happen in the future. Yes. So we were discussing as we were talking about doing the podcast, like several stories that we've shared with each other. Yes. That's several true. embarrassing, some just in entertaining stories well, when you're out here and you live in LA and just the random things that happen. That's true. Random celebrities that you run into. Well, so, so uh, this was a story, like I've known Jenny for what is it now? Like five or six years. Yeah. Probably like six, years, six we've been years. Friends. And, um, when we were first talking about doing the podcast, I realized there was a story that not only hadn't I told her, but I hadn't told, 
a lot of people. And it, you told it to me. I told it to you. And I, and then I told it to your mom. And then I had my mom on the phone and I made you tell my mom the story because it was so damn funny. Well, here's a story. Some of my favorite stories are people who blow their first chance with a celebrity. So I'm kind of teasing what it was. But when I was uh, between the, my junior and senior year of college, I was an intern at a show called PM Magazine. Mm-hmm. Did you have that in Dallas? It was sort of stripped. I didn't have it in Dallas. I don't know. I lived in Houston. I don't know. Texas is... <laughs> it was Houston. See, we're getting to know each yeah, other. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Do you, Did I you mean, have it in Baltimore? <laughs> no, from New Jersey. <laughs> oh, well, okay. It's the same thing. Same thing. But like, so I was uh, I was an intern there and Matt Lauer was, uh-huh. was the host. Name dropper. I know. Big time. <laughs> and I had to deliver something. He was interviewing, I think, one of the guys who did Studio 54. Okay. I can't remember what his name was. The surviving one. Not the main guy. No, it was the two guys. Yeah, yeah. The gay one. And we, uh, and I had to deliver this stuff to a midtown high rise. And I got in, I just had like a street hot dog or a knish in New York City. Right. And, um. Street, street meat. I had some street (laughs) meat. And that's an important part of that story because I get onto the elevator and I'm alone and I let out the, what is, I mean, I, it, it's the kind of fart that you could, that people would talk about for generations. It's it's the kind of fart. Would Birdie be impressed? It's the kind, it's a, it's a kind of fart that, like, yeah, Birdie would leave the room as smelly as smelly as your basset hound is. Like this was just, it was terrible. But thank God I was alone mm-hmm. for two floors, and then and that the, fart did not get off on the second no the floor. the fart stayed there, and at. That moment on the second floor, Bruce Springsteen and two dudes walk into the elevator. And Bruce, the be, boss. being the boss, and I'm from New Jersey, so, you know, I... But it's so clear, I'm the only one in the elevator when he walks in, that this belonged to me. Right. But he very politely didn't say anything. And I've, well, my whole time, I you know, as a kid, I would... I was. It was like, if I ever meet Bruce Springsteen, how's yeah. it going to go? And I can honestly tell you, I did not think I would gas him with... <laughs> that that was not in any of your, like, yeah. imaginary yeah. I didn't, daydreams. I, yeah. No, it was maybe. never like, you know, uh, kill him with ass vapor. It was <laughs> never it was never anything like that. It was always like, oh, your your music changed, is the right. soundtrack to my childhood. <laughs> it wasn't, like, I'm going to kill you now. Right. So that was bad enough. So I can't now talk to him. I try and sink to the back of the elevator. <laughs> Now through the cloud. Yeah. So this is now the worst moment, except like I'm, and this speaks to me not being a great person on two floors later, the doors open (laughs) again. This fart is not dissipated. And a couple of really attractive women walk in and they first notice Bruce Springsteen, of course. And they're like, and you can see that they're giggling to themselves and it's like, Oh, it's Bruce Springsteen. And they come, but they walk back and then they notice the fart and they make eye contact with me. And instead of owning it, I move my head toward Bruce and I go, huh? You believe that guy did it? So I sold out my hero. I made, I made to impress two strange hot girls that it wasn't me. I, uh, and to this day, they're probably like, every time Bruce Springsteen's no, on TV, like, they're probably like, oh, oh my, my God. God. Let me tell you the story about this one time yeah, on an a, elevator, Bruce Springsteen. Poor just, Patty Schiaffa. I cannot imagine what that Dutch oven is like. So, yeah. 
I'm not proud of that, and I think it's why. Well, you seem kind of proud of it. Well, I'm proud of I, it now. I'm, kind of, I'm proud of you for it, to be honest yeah, with you. Yeah, I haven't talked about it. It's good to, it's yeah. good to talk. It's, it's, good to, it's good to get that out. And what's your story? Do well, you I was trying to think of some that, maybe stories that, of us, of things that we've done. Yeah. And I couldn't help but think of the, you, me, and Marsha Clark having drinks, and then, and walks, and then who walks into the bar? Newt and Callista Gingrich. <laughs> Newt Gingrich. Well, first of all, how did you become friends with Marsha Clark? So Marsha Clark ended up, she, she, it was kind of random. Like she, she was on Twitter. I didn't know she was on Twitter. And I went through a really long phase of consistently retweeting Kim Kardashian and then leaving a real smart ass comment. Yes, I remember that. And now she's blocked me. So. Oh. Yeah, I know. Oh, it's I'm sorry. I know. I'll keep you up to date on what's going on. Yeah, I really... <laughs> <laughs> but it's so sad. I can't like, I can't get to her account. Anymore. I know it's a lot of work for me with Trump. It's uh, like I have to. So you got to go through hoops. I have a I have a dummy account that yeah. I, that's just there so I can like screen cap pics of. Oh, maybe I he, can use our podcast. Like, yes, that's <laughs> a great idea. That. That's a good idea. Yeah. Okay. What is it? Doing it podcast. Doing it with Danny and Jen. Or do what it, is it at? At doing it podcast. At doing it podcast. So that's our Twitter. No G. Doing at doing it podcast. And I'm going to be using that account to grab Kim Kardashian. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, like, I had, <laughs> I was consistently writing, you know, whatever Kim Kardashian, and I would, re, you know, retweet her and leave a smart-ass comment. And there was something that I she tweeted about, like, I think it was about, like, the Casey Anthony or something like that. I remember that. And whatever it was, like, I retweeted it, and I was like, yeah, you know, like... <laughs> remember your dad and the OJ, you know, like I, well, that's right. Didn't she say something like, Oh, this is such a travesty. Yeah. Kate, yeah. Yeah. It was something like that. And I was like, yeah, you do. You know what your dad, like, <laughs> like it doesn't go that far back, dude. Mm -hmm. And I end up seeing that it's retweeted by an account at that Marsha Clark. So, uh -huh. so I was like, is it that Mar Marsha Clark, you know? Well, it says and I'm like, well, and I look and there's, you know, a link to buy you know she's written a bunch of novel like you know crime novels and things like that and I was like holy shit and so I, I followed her back and I think I sent her a direct message I was like wow you know thanks for following me and I can't believe you retweeted that from and she's like oh I'm dying you know and she actually retweeted she retweeted it that's amazing so that's where I was like oh that's even better that you know she like has a great sense of humor so we end up like direct messaging back and forth and I think maybe we exchange emails and I was like, oh, next time I'm, I'm, it was before I moved out to LA. And I was like, next time I'm in town, you know, we should have a drink. Oh, I'd love to, you know, let me know next time. And I was staying at, I was staying at the Four Seasons and she, she goes, okay, I'll come, you know, come to the Four Seasons and meet you for a drink. And I remember sitting there and I think like of all the people I've met, I was, I was really like nervous. Like, what do I say to Marsha Clark? Like I'm some dickhead, you know, at the time I was still a TV news producer, but I'm like, I'm just, I'm such an ass clown. Like, I can't believe she's going to meet me for drinks. Could not have been nicer. I was like, holy shit, I can't believe. So now I'm buzzed with Marsha Clark. And then I think the next time I met her. It was also at the Four Seasons. Yeah, it was like, I hadn't, yeah, there was a few times. Uh, we, yeah, we met her several times there at the Four Seasons, yeah, but, I think. Yeah, but, but this was the first time. This was the first time it was just her and I. And then the second time, third time, we hung out. And I can't remember when. Was it like two years ago or something? It no, isn't it was before I moved out here? Yeah, I know it was. You were because you were at the Four Seasons still. You were still staying. Yeah, there. yeah. So this must have been like three or four years ago. Yeah, yeah so yeah, it was probably like four years ago. And yeah, it was coming out, and I was like, "Holy shit!" 
that's fuck that's that's Newt Gingrich and Marsha we were all like and I'm like okay look I, I can't let this go. We have to get a picture. And uh, both of you were like, no. I fucking hate him. Because, <laughs> like, you know, Jenny is from Texas. Houston, I guess, yeah. apparently. Bay City, Texas, to be exact. To be exact. So she's, like, you know, more familiar with that world than right. as a news producer. To us, Newt Gingrich. It was like the devil walking it was, in. It was like, let's get a picture with Satan. Yeah. But she's like, nope, I'm going to do this, and you're going to get in these pictures. Yeah, and I walked over to him, and I was like, I threw on my Southern charm. I was like, Mr. Mrs. Gingrich, my, my name is Jenny Johnson. It's so nice. I said, I'm a news producer in Houston, you know, and, man, it's such an honor to meet y'all. And, and you know, my friends and I are over here. We're just... Would you don't mind taking a picture with us? And we got that picture, and it's truly one of the funniest things. Oh, it's my favorite picture. You, me, Marsha Clark, and the Gingriches. Oh, it's... it's Happy it, holidays. <laughs> <laughs> and then I made you get one just with you and Newt. Yeah, which I'm really glad. It's it's the most Chevy Chase I ever look. It's you like, did look super Chevy Chase in that picture. I get like that a lot. On, Didn't you post it on National Siblings Day? Yeah, I, I posted on National Siblings Day. I post I posted on a lot of, a, a lot of Best Friends Day. Yeah. Oh, well, I have one when I was a news producer and I was, I'm divorced now, but when I was married, my, so my now ex-husband, but at the time he, he would, we were supposed to go to this charity event uh-huh. and there's, you know, just rubber chicken dinner, the usual, like, you know, yeah. 10 top table. It's supposed to be him and I, and I was going to come straight from work. Mm-hmm. He ends up calling me and he was flying in from New York where the plane was delayed. There was some, and he's like, I'm not going to make it. Can you, could you still go? And I was like, oh, God, oh, fine, whatever. And <laughs> I remember that I had forgot to bring the clothes I was going to wear. And I had to, like, borrow from one of the anchors. I was like, I had, like, the full blow, like a, you know, nice, you know, Talbot's, you know, blazer or something like that. Uh-huh. And You said that with such contempt. Oh, I know. It's okay. ridiculous. But just a, a side zip. <laughs> you know, one of those kind of things. And I get there and I see some of the people that, you know, my, my husband, he, he worked with and they're like, oh, well, we have this special um, because the company had spent so much on the table that the guests, the, 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 the you know, the, the entertainment, we get a, a picture. We get to meet and greet before the thing starts. And I was like, oh, who is it? Uh-huh. Bill Cosby. It was Bill Cosby? <laughs> it was Bill Cosby. Oh, my God. So how, I, how long before the scandal? This was, oh, gosh. I mean, shit, obviously, I mean, we knew he was I a would rapist say for years. but This I mean, was like in I, maybe like 2008. It's amazing. Right. So, <laughs> I'm, but this, so this is 2008. So in my head, I'm like, I grew up watching the Cosby show. I was stoked. Yeah. I was like... I didn't know all that shit. No, you're like, I mean, I love this guy. He's right, totally, but in 2008, like... He's totally not a rapist. Oh, my God, yeah. And I'm like, I mean, I was a little bothered that he was wearing sweats and Crocs with socks. Yeah. To a... Yeah. You know. He was wearing strip club wear to yeah, a formal he, event. And I, it's funny as shit now, but, you know, he always wears those, those fucking sweatshirts. Hello, friend. And you're like, God, I bet that's what you said right before each... Hello, friend. Oh, my God. Here we go. Take my sweater off. So... We go in this line, and everyone has their spouse with them. So they're getting this photo op, each each couple, and he's in the middle, and they're taking these pictures. Well, I go up by myself because yeah. my husband's gone, and uh, I said, I shook his hand, and he like, I wish, you know, I said, uh, Jenny Johnson, really nice to meet you. And he, I remember he put his other hand on top, you know, like, oh, wow. you know, like shaking. And I said, oh, sorry, my husband couldn't be here. And he's like, 
you know, where is it? What happened? I said, oh, he's, you know, he was kind of trying to be funny or whatever. Yeah. I said, oh, he got stuck at the airport or whatever. He goes, well, that's too bad. And we, so I have this picture of me and Bill Cosby. And after everything came out, I was like, he didn't try to do shit with me. Wow. Do you know how bad that made me feel? I know. Well, maybe, yeah, you're a little bit. It's <laughs> like, I was there by myself I know. at a hotel. It's really, I mean, that was his thing, right? You would think so. Nothing. I'm sorry. Nothing. I'm so sorry. Really? Did nothing. You, he didn't even offer to buy you a drink? Nope. Oh, my God. He didn't roofie me or nothing. Oh, Jenny. That's terrible. You're a very attractive woman. Thank you. I'm sorry Bill Cosby didn't see that. <sighs> Thank you. <laughs> so. I'm totally kidding, by the way. He did try to write. No, <laughs> <laughs> my only Bill Cosby thing was that we, I, I wrote for a free trip to New York because I'm such like a Jew. But I am. Um, uh, I'm I, glad you said it. Uh, yeah. Me. About nine months before the scandal like broke. And by the way. A lot of people in comedy knew that he was before right. Hannibal, Bur- Hannibal Burris. We always talked about like he's a fucking rapist. Like right. we heard these stories, but nothing and, had been like. But nothing had been done. Just like you hear this. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm the more political one, but just like you hear these stories about Trump, and no one, yeah. no one gives a fuck. It's a, yeah. it reminds me exactly of that. So well, there's certain things that people for some reason just seem to get a pass. They got a pass, and he got that pass. Like Charlie Sheen. I know. Jesus, like, I know. He's 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 spreading AIDS. He literally he called his boss a Jew kike and got a new show. Like I know. they got fired him and then they got a new show on FX. I'm like, how is this possible? Oh, you're totally allowed to be anti-Semitic. That's that's like a you're not to Chuck Lorre. I get well, yeah, that's true. I so I was doing the American Comedy Awards, which is a right, it, which is like a stupid idea for an award show, but it was really funny because mm-hmm. we had all incredibly funny people involved in it. So it was like. You know, Billy Eichner, Scott Ackerman, uh, Maria Bamford. It was like just like yeah. it was a really like key and peel. It was a very classy thing. Yeah. I, I was writing bits for them, and Modern Family happened to win, didn't you know, the writing award for a show at that point. And so I was going to accept it, and I did this really funny. Um, I had a really funny acceptance acceptance speech. Oh, I remember this. Actually. Yeah, yeah. Where like the whole idea was, who's the guy from? The Office, who uh, black guys in, in Hot Tub Time Machine. Oh, uh, Craig Robinson. Craig Robinson. He was the band leader, and he's an mm-hmm. amazing musician. We worked this thing out where I go up, I go, so excited to take this award. You know, the writers often don't get enough credit. And, you know, a couple of years ago, my father died, and this is for you. So I just want to say, and then he plays me off. <laughs> and, um, and so I don't get so any funny. time. Right. And it was really funny, and it killed in the room. But... The Lifetime Achievement Award, which they tried to give to like five different people, and none of them wanted to no come. No one would take no it. No one wanted to come to New York. But Bill Cosby wound up, he went like fifth on the list, wound up taking it. And a couple of us were saying. Oh, I forgot about a that. A couple of us were saying like, do we want to give a Lifetime Achievement? Isn't he sketchy? I mean, yeah. Don't you want to Google him a little bit? A Lifetime Achievement for rape, I maybe. Like- and uh, But they wound up giving it. And he wound up talking his acceptance speech. I'm not, this is no joke. They edited it down. But his acceptance speech approached an hour. Shut up. And it was just like going on and on telling stories. Was he being like preachy? Like the way that he used to be like. Super fucking preachy. Like how comedians need to. It was. Yeah, it was all that. I mean, I I, I do pride myself on thinking like I never liked him. Right. Like, you know, at times like people go, oh, you got to, you know, when I was starting in comedy. Oh, you got to like. It was like, I thought Richard Pryor told great stories. Right. His ended in jokes. Yeah. And not like funny faces. Yeah. and, And so I was not. I was immune to Bill Cosby's charms. But anyway, um, and then, and, and by the way, Hannibal 
Burris was on that show <laughs> with it. And I don't know if that, but then, and, you know, nine months later, his 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 thing goes viral. That's crazy. Yeah. I forgot about that because I remember you're, I watched it because yeah. you were writing But it was like everything. cut to nothing. Scott Aukerman's speech, because they had to do like 15 minutes of Cosby speech right. to cut it down, it was cut all together. Oh, I remember, God. I remember Thanks writing, a lot, Bill. I know, and his was really funny. But yeah. So I think like, who knows? what we're going to keep in this podcast. I have no idea. But if we were to have a guest, and we will, we have some great people lined up, trust me. I thought I'd ask you, because okay. Jenny, who was a news producer and moved out here and has always written comedy and always done that, has become a fairly successful stand-up comic, opening for people like Anthony Cheslenick and who's Nick Swartzen, Nick Swartzen yeah. in Vegas. And she's playing like huge rooms. And I remember, you know, I, she asked me to come see her over at the Laugh Factory. I was really worried because I love Jenny. And if like she didn't do well, <laughs> I would have to pretend that she did well. Oh, I was like, I had, I don't know how much stand up I had done before I finally like. Yeah, let me come. I was like, okay, you but, can come. But, but she, then I was so like, but the it, moment that you realize you know people, you it, know, like it's but, so much more nerve wracking. It was, but she killed. And it was like, I was just like, Oh my God, this is such a relief. Yeah. You can't, I can't tell you how many friends. That was the nicest compliment. I think I got off stage and you walked up and gave me a hug and you're like, I have to tell you, that was so funny. And I had already prepared a speech to tell you that was a lie. Like that was, wow, you look great up there. <laughs> yeah. No, it's really, like, cause, and, you know, sometimes, you're so brave. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sometimes, sometimes your friends, like if, you, if you're fortunate enough to have any success at all, or even yeah. just get a foot in the door, because that's when it really starts. Right. Your, your friends and people you love send you spec scripts. Yeah. Or, or you watch somebody's TV show or play or, or something play, like that. And you're like, holy you shit. And it's, it's, it's honestly, the majority of the time, it's awful because yeah. it's hard. Comedy's hard. And I'm sure I've like subjected people to horrible scripts right. myself. But Jenny was, Jenny was great. But I appreciate that. Tell me how you like, t just what was, how did you like get your foot in and what did you wind up doing to get into comedy? And, into okay. stand-up comedy. Into stand-up comedy. Well, like I was always, so when I was producing news and everything, I was a sports, TV sports producer. And then I kind of transitioned to news, but I was in Austin, San Antonio, Houston. And on the side, I would always write. I would just freelance write, like, you know, and I, I tried to do like a, a couple, you know, like open mics in Austin. I didn't but, know that. Yeah. I like, I mean, just a few times. And I was like, nah, I didn't, you know, it's like you get up there and you really don't have shit prepared. I mean, I was like 22 right out of college, you know, right. like, and so I ended up just writing and I would, so when I, by the time I was in Houston and when I first got on Twitter, which was in 2009, mm -hmm. I think it was, which in a newsroom, they'll just come in and go, okay, there's a new thing called Facebook. Everybody needs to get on it. Cause like if a kid wraps his car around a tree, we could pull a picture. Right. Like, I mean, it's, it's like very, you know, it's it's not never, because like, hey, we really want you all to network on social media. I never thought of that. That's yeah. So when we all got on Twitter, I just like first thing I followed was okay, CNN breaking news. Yeah. Um, and then I met Sarah Silverman. Yeah, okay. Of and just finding you know people, and I was just following comedians, and I realized like, oh, they're just like writing their jokes. Uh -huh. Okay. Well, I have you know, and what I'd end up doing was almost like a lot of my jokes are very weak and updated because I would read something like yeah. a story that I'm writing for the newscast, but then I would write the version of it. The, that you could put on. The yeah. Then I would get my phone out and then I would like the, the Twitter version of it. And I did that for a long time. And when I started getting like success from it, 
and I was still, you know, freelance writing. But who, then, who was the person who sort of first, like, everybody has like a couple of people on Twitter who sort of like got them, like, retweeted them and got them a big bump? Oh, a thousand percent, Pat Oswalt, like, was the first, per- like, he. He's, he must have gone through and like retweeted I don't know how many things and was like really? everyone follow this per- like I remember because this this is when I still had the notification yeah I would get like an email yeah yeah that would you know I like know, you get, and all of a sudden I just remember looking at my phone and I'm like whole what the what just fuck? happened you know like I Did I'm I? not one of the people that has fifteen thousand emails like I clear my shit out so I mm-hmm. I realized oh my god. Because you would see your replies, and when you see your name next to someone, it was like at me, at Pat and Oswald. And I thought that was like how nice of him to. He's been so good to people. He's, he's a, been like really. He's the reason that I feel like like I always credit him for it because he he didn't just do it once. He did it repeatedly. Yeah, I he would give like even I don't know a couple of years like. I bet that's how I found you. It could have been, but like I remember, he gives an interview to you know Vice or something, and it's like he mentions you. Yeah, he he did like he still does it, which is so cool. I mean, it's like he's such a good guy, and I just I love him to pieces, and and so when I started getting more like recognition, and then like there's magazines around Houston that would hey we want to do an article on you, we want to do you know, so I started getting this you know recognition for it, and people would ask if I wanted to like MC something like a charity event or Uh and. I ended up doing that because it was like such a pussy way of like oh, I'm sure. getting on stage, but I'm not really having to tell Joe, you know, it's like I'm doing it, but not really, you know, oh, shit, I get it. It was just like dipping my toe into it in a very like scaredy cat way. And so I, I was doing that a bunch and, you know, out here there would be things that would happen or like somebody to ask me to, you know, whatever, like come you know read something or you like uh, mike burns when his dad boner book came out like oh, yeah. he asked like me and pat and like rob delaney like we got up on stage and he just read oh the dad boner yeah like passages from dad boner which that's a great account that's one of my favorite accounts i love mike yeah and uh so like finally i just started going you know fuck it like and i was getting asked to like right when I moved out here, you know, Hey, if you want to come to laugh factory, like I, I got to cut in front of the line, like, which usually people are going to these like shithole open mics trying to get stage time. And I was getting stage time at these places. I had no business getting stage. Now, like I hadn't, I felt like I hadn't put in the, right. Put in the work, but because it's really hard to like totally pop your cherry at the laugh factory of all places. I know you that's know? amazing. Yeah. And, uh, so I just started, you know, like make sure to, you know, record my sets. And I started realizing like, oh, I talk too much. I'm getting too wordy. Uh-huh. Cut that out. Cut, you know, and then like, oh, that's how you write a joke. <laughs> like, you know, you have a story, but then you realize how to cut it down and trim it down to, you know, make it sound smoother. And, you know, like a lot of times when I'm on stage too, I don't, I don't practice verbatim what I'm going to say. I just kind of have a uh, an outline. An outline. And a lot of times something will pop right into my head and I'll say it and it'll work, you know, like, right. okay, cool. And does that then make the act? Yeah. Then? Like sometimes when I'll just like, I'll think, okay, this joke will really work and it really doesn't. And then I kind of say something, you know, just out of my ass and then that gets the laugh, you know? And so it's like, that's cool. Okay. That's interesting. And so it's just been such a fun process. I love doing it. Like I just hound all the people around town, like to give me stage time and it's cool. I, I love it. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So that's how I that's how I got into it. So I've been doing it now, I guess two years. I know. It's been it's about, about two years. Two yeah. years. I've been really lucky though. Like the fucking shows that I've gotten to be on are incredible. Like I just feel like some of the comedians 
like I have no business being on stage on a lineup with. Yeah, but, but you've risen to it. I mean, I've seen you in some of those shows, and you've risen to it, and it makes me because I've I, I so my I started doing stand up when I was I don't know like seventeen, and I could drive into New York City, and I don't know. I heard Mark Marin once say this on his podcast, a competing podcast, I guess now, yeah, right? Because now a, we we yeah, have he a, had the president. And yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got farting birdie. We got farting birdie. But um, he said like for the first couple of years, you're doing like an impression of a comic, right? And I never got out of that phase. Yeah, like I was like really young, and so that was my act. And I remember like getting out of college and going back to because I would just do these little shows and I went back to college and uh, I got out of college and I went back to New York and I was like oh, I've been doing some stand up my act hadn't changed I was pretty lazy oh. and it was like all like it was it was just it was so fucking hacky right and I just died and I, I, I sort of said oh maybe I should concentrate on writing and I did but I recently have started going up at like open mics or little tiny shows right and uh i'm not nearly as good as jenny but but it's really like you know i <laughs> i remember the first so the first time i went up at the laugh factory my first like real like yeah. stand-up set and i got off stage and i was like well they laughed you know it wasn't like i killed or anything but i got laughs you know and and i thought well that's that's cool and uh, this comedian steve hofsetter is really funny really nice guy nice to me puts me on his shows a lot and mm -hmm. uh, he goes it was really great. He goes, can I just give you a piece of advice? I was like, yeah, sure. He goes, um, just look up. <laughs> I had literally been just staring because I didn't want to look out. I was like, so I was yeah. terrified. So I was just staring at the by my shoes or something the whole time. And he goes, yeah, just just look up. And we're like Matt Bronger one time. He told me, to, uh, he, he goes, and I still have a problem with this because if they're not laughing, they're listening. Yeah. So I was like, like, oh, just racing just through rushed. it. Yeah, because I wanted to get to the punchline because I thought they're not laughing. They're not laughing. Right. Red alert. Alert. That's so funny. Yeah. Well, how long have you been doing it now? So I've been doing it for about six months, but I've been like very sporadic. But I, I, I I've been spending the last month just sort of writing it. I, sp I so I was going to little places like Haha ha Cafe, going up and yeah. not. I'm, I'm worried. I always worry like that. I don't want, I, I want to earn all my laughs. Right. And I wound up talking to, um, I was at um, Morgan Murphy's party. He's a great comic. And she's she, so uh, funny. She's so funny. And uh, Jen Statsky was there, yeah, yeah. who I think is like she's a, hilarious. a brilliant comedian. And I was telling her like I was starting, but I sort of don't talk about that. I'm like a producer of Modern Family. I don't yeah. talk about all that. And she was like, you're a fucking idiot. You use everything in your life. Yeah, and, and once she told me that, I thought like, oh, I need to really rework. Because what I was basically doing yeah. just to get my feet wet was taking like some good jokes I had from Twitter or from writers rooms that hadn't been yeah, on yeah. and like trying to kind of stringing them together in a, in, in, into a story. But I've done that with a lot of my, my standup is a lot of like a tweet I wrote that I just elaborate on. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it, you know, so it's just trying to, I'm trying to, and the thing with Twitter though, I real that I appreciate is that if you write a tweet that gets so many likes it's like, I look at those as little rounds of applause, as little too. laughs. So it's like, okay, that's funny. I, that's good. I already know that's funny. I just got to tell it I, yeah. and sell the, you know, don't look at my feet and brush through it. But yeah. I mean, it, the, like the joke, it's like you have the bonus of knowing it's funny. And connecting with that audience. Yeah. I mean, cause like, I don't know the, I came up as a joke writer. So my first like real joke writing job, you know, I moved out here. I, you know, I was. I'll give you my story. Okay. Because I'll interview yeah. myself now. Yes. But whatever. I, I, you know, so I started as a production assistant. I was working like in New York. Howard Stern was doing a bunch of uh, 
he was doing these Fox shows. The, 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 he was going to basically come after Joan Rivers. That was the idea. Joan Rivers had just started her show, uh-huh. and then Howard was going to um, go on. So he was. We did a week of test talk shows, and then the network never went with them. Yeah. But it was like I was in there, and I was writing, and then I moved. I met people and came out here with no money and eventually got on Arsenio Hall show as a, um, a production assistant, basically. Oh, I loved Arsenio Hall. Yeah. I love Howard Stern, too. It was Woof Woof. Uh, it was yeah. mine. I wrote that. Woof Woof. He was originally going to do, it was like, we talked about it, it was going to be oink oink, meow meow, and I said Woof Woof. And, and that's, the, and, it's and, all from there. Yeah. What, what a great story. It's a fantastic story. It's so story. real and the, not fake. It's totally <laughs> not fake. But uh, yeah, so I was a production assistant on that show and the show just... In 13, writers on variety shows um, and late night shows usually have these 13 week contracts. It's a really scary because yeah. every, every 13. Real, real good job security. Yeah, there. so yeah. like basically four times a year, you can, your, your job's on the line. Right. Anyway, the show became a huge success. After 13 weeks on the air, he fired half the writers. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this could be an opportunity. So I was writing jokes. I, and so like it was, he fired everybody on a Friday. I knew that on, so that weekend I went back and I wrote jokes and I was reading the newspaper and I'm old, old AF. Is that what, would you say that as far? That's what the kids say. The kids say AF. I spell it out. Yeah. Yeah, okay. You do. Good. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. I respect that. Yeah. But, um, I would type my jokes on a selectric uh-huh. and, um, <laughs> and, uh, I couldn't afford that little Macintosh, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah, so I type out some jokes based on the news, and because uh, it was all topical. Yeah. And that first Monday when I turned them in, I went to one of the writers who was there. It was a guy a couple of years older than I was, but still, you know, thought I was funny. Mm-hmm. And uh, that night, Arsenio did one of my jokes. Oh. And wow. then on Tuesday, he did a couple of my jokes. And on that Friday, I had written most of the monologue. Wow. And he liked my jokes that much. And then he called me into his office and said that, um, well. I feel bad taking your jokes because mm-hmm. you're a PA. So I either have to fire you or hire you. Yeah. And I said, I prefer you. hire me. <laughs> and that was, uh, and that was it. But you know, that's the, it was great training. And yeah, even though like, you sure. know, Arsenio wasn't maybe known for like the, 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 the monologues and the yeah. way that those were, you did force you to write jokes and, uh, Hopefully, Arsene is not listening to this, but if he is, I'll, I'm going to come clean because yeah. he's a good guy. But what we would do is at the end of the week, me and another two other writers, Jay Leno was guest hosting mm-hmm. for Carson mm-hmm. at that point, and we would sell the jokes that Arsenio didn't pick or didn't do right. at the end of the week. You sell them to-, <laughs> to, to Leno, so you could make like an extra like 500 bucks a week That's by great. just sort of selling it right. to him. And then I had a third angle. There's a local weatherman here called Fritz Coleman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Fritz Coleman briefly had a show like on Saturday nights or Sunday nights at 10 called It's Fritz. <laughs> and I'm not, I wish I were making that up, but It's Fritz, and he was a charming enough guy. Right. And I, I would sell jokes to him, so I had a little cottage industry. You guy. had like, a, like you were a drug dealer it was, was like, slanging uh, slanging jokes yeah, jokes for sale i love that that's really funny yeah and uh and then i to me i got into the longer form stuff well i was a, it was an object lesson there was a writer on arsenio hall show who was about 10 years older than i was and so we're like a bunch of douchebags i was the young, yeah. i was the youngest but it was like we got we have money in our pockets it's like 1990 mm-hmm. so we're all doing drugs and we're all like you know just partying crazy and like just we'd write our jokes and then fly to vegas and <laughs> this one guy would never come and he's mm-hmm. like no i'm working on longer i'm working on my spec material yeah and he said he was working with a friend of his who's got an idea for a show anyway 
He's like, I, I was like, he pulled me aside one time and said, hey, maybe you want to slow down on the party and think about like getting out of variety because that could be a dead end for some people. Yeah. And if you, you're funny and you can write longer form stuff. And I was like, yeah, maybe I will. And anyway, that person, his name was Larry Charles, who mm-hmm. wound up directing. Oh, yeah. yeah. So Larry Charles was like sort of the basically what I am on Modern Family. Yeah. That's what Larry Charles was on uh, Seinfeld. Right. And he was working I with know Larry. I the name from the yeah, credits. Yeah. So yeah. So he was working with Larry David. And, you know, now he's direct Borat and he directs yeah, all yeah. those movies. But it was a real good object lesson. Yeah. And it sort of was a, I was glad to have that as a mentor. Yeah. <laughs> to his face. Jesus. <laughs> it's like. I know. His fuzz. I'm sorry you can't be here to see these dogs. He doesn't. Yeah, just go to my Instagram. You'll see it. He doesn't look real. I know. I don't know. Like, I just look at him sometimes like, why is it your face? Like, how is that your face? No, it looks like it, it looks like the he he's like a less obnoxious version of an Ewok. He kind of. Yeah, he just he just looks like a Jim Henson creation. Yeah, or he really like does. That. Yeah. yeah. But he's uh, oh, he's licking his dick now. So that's cool. Lucky guy. Lucky guy. He's doing it because he can. Exactly. Um, but one thing you and I always get into is like stand up comedy specials. We always are discussing like comedians specials that we've seen. Yeah, so we thought we'd make that part of the show where we talk about the things that are making us laugh and when we have sometimes an it's actual a TV series, it can be a movie sometimes, it can be YouTube videos that we'll sit here and laugh at. It could be a fucking news story. Like even as we were just sort of sitting down here, it could be a news story. But the thing that was that came out today that you posted on your Instagram, which I thought was funny, was Meatloaf admitted <laughs> that the song I would do anything for love, parentheses, but I won't do that. Well, the thing that he wouldn't do. Which I, you know, I was like, oh, butt stuff. That's what we both assumed. It was butt stuff. But he got real specific. He very specifically said strap on. Right. So I feel like we were right back in the 90s. I think we're <laughs> I think totally. But I I laughed. I mean, it was just the headline itself, the picture. Oh, it's so great. And then just picturing some woman nailing meatloaf Meatloaf. with a strap on like i that image will be forever burned into my brain because usually i'm a sick enough person that when i see people or i see couples i usually just imagine them fucking yeah i do too i don't know why and it's like i mean you should have seen the thoughts in my head when we saw the gingriches Oh yeah! Oh god! I didn't even. I could. I couldn't make that happen. No, I didn't want to make it happen. It just happens. Like I, I just. That's how my brain operates. It's not. Thank God. I, this is not me bragging no, either. But, by the way. No, but no. I'm glad because I had to meet him, and then I would have gotten hard. Right. Thinking about Newt fucking. It's the only way I can come. Is <laughs> to think about Newt coming. Me too. Oh, oh my that. God! How yeah. about that? Well, you know, one of the reasons we actually were starting this podcast because we just sit there and think like every time we hang out, we're like, why don't we just <laughs> yeah record it, because which is so narcissistic. Yeah, we think that we're that clever that the rest of the world would want to hear this shit. But but when like when we go to dinner parties or when we're out with comedy, we we like you know we both we both love comedy so much. We like I think yes, the that's one, the thing that bonded us. I think the, it the, is. The, the she's beginning. like she's like this. You know, girl from Texas, she's you're younger than me by many years, and I'm like a Jew from New Jersey. We have, we have, we have and, and despite she, that, I and she, and your she hates Jews, and I, so it's like, it, but we still bond. Hate it. is such a strong, <laughs> but appropriate it was, word. It was over, <laughs> it was over comedy. Yeah. So let's just give me two things that like you would just like tell friends to watch right now to watch right now i would say like what's the last thing that i watched that i just you know like one thing i've been doing because of all now there's just there's too much there's too much tv like uh-huh. 
my favorite show at night apparently is an hour of me flipping through Apple TV to find <laughs> something and then I get sleepy and go to sleep and like that's I started rewatching things mm-hmm. that I like just to see if they held up. Yeah. So I've kind of enjoyed that. I've been I love Family Guy. I would say that Family Guy is one of my favorite shows oh my of all time. I love Family Guy. I'm a twelve year old boy. I know like all the fart jokes. Like I that's the best show to me. I think it's funny. Stand up specials though, I would say like Maria Bamford just had one that came out. Is it good? I haven't seen it yet. It's, it's called Old Baby. It's on Netflix. And I had seen her open up for Bridget Everett, uh-huh. who I, I love, Bridget, love Everett. Bridget Everett. I mean, she, ever, like, watching her the first time when she had that uh, Comedy Central special called Gynecological Wonder. I, I love it. If you haven't seen it, go please see it. go find it somewhere. It is, and to see her in person is even more like her voice. She sings like. I mean, and she's just so, no, she's I mean, a, she's just bold as shit. And I just keep thinking, God, you had to try that out for the first time. <laughs> like, Somewhere. Like, you had to try that. And it's ballsy. Like It's crazy ballsy. I mean, you know, like, you think stand-up is like, yeah, you feel kind of like, you know, brave and everything. But that's... No, but, but she's like an old-time, like, entertainer. She's like cabaret I know. slash... But the... I mean, she's got... Ad Rock from the Beastie Boys is in her band. I mean, it's amazing. It's, yeah, it's amazing. But Maria Bamford opened up for her at Largo. I think I saw it about a year ago. And Maria did probably the tightest 10 minute set. Like, I'm sure. I mean, it was so damn funny. And she did this bit about <laughs> her and her husband going to a couple's therapist. Uh, oh, I love did this bit. That one. And she's like, well, what, <laughs> she goes, what? well, we even wrote a song about it. Cheryl Hersham. Cheryl, Cheryl, Cheryl Hersham. Her, yes. And then she's like, we go to Cheryl Hersham because it helps you relate uh, your feelings to your partner. <laughs> like it just goes. And then she goes right back into Cheryl Hersham. Cheryl, Cheryl, Cheryl. I got mad because Scott peed in the backyard. <laughs> like, I know. And then she goes right into the song about so, Dr. Cheryl Hersham. And that, that bit is in is in her new special. Oh, I can't wait yeah, to yeah. see it. And it's really interesting because it's not done um, in front of an audience. It Each bit will be like her husband and, a do- and her, their dog on the couch. And that's the audience. Well, did you see her first special? That one special where she just, just did it for her parents? No, I didn't oh, see that Oh, it's so one. good, too. Oh, wait a minute. Which one is that? I forgot what it's called, but she but just yeah. look for Maria Bamford on... Um, and Lady Dynamite. That was... You know, I talk about this all the time, but Lady Dynamite was, without a doubt, my favorite comedy of 2016. Um, and I know it's it, it can be a very divisive thing. I, yeah. I, it's one of those Which ones that... Bridget is in that one, too. Bridget, and Pat Oswalt yeah, yeah. as well, yeah. But I've, I've like... I've recommended that show to people and they either like, what's wrong with you? Yeah. Or that's a, but, but, you, you either get it or you don't. It's like, it's, it's, it's not a, there's no, it's like uh cilantro. You love it or you hate it. <laughs> I know. But like Mitch Hurwitz was involved with that yeah, from Rest Development and a friend of mine from Just Shoot Me, which I wrote on uh, Pam Brady, who she co-wrote the, and I the, love Pam Brady. Uh, Pam, Pam Brady's, Brady's great, awesome. She's the greatest. And she co-wrote the South Park movie and a bunch yeah, of yeah. other things. So she's, um, but it is, I, I, that was just one of those, it was so, I mean, I'm very proud of the show. I do Modern Family, but we don't do that yeah. weird, surreal well, things. What, what they can do on Netflix is, you know, I'm sure like from ABC, to the, it, there's probably an envy of like, God, they can just say what the do fuck anything. they want. Yeah, it's I amazing. Know, I know. It's amazing. I mean, I like the money on network yes. <laughs> and, and Miami's, but I mean. Just How many do you have now? Five. Um, Golden Globes? I have only have one Golden Globe. Oh. I have a Peabody, if you're interested. Three Writers Guild Awards. Two Twitter. And Twitter Awards. Two Twitter Awards. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what were your Twitter Awards for? I don't Best dad wow and did, then, did your kids agree yeah and then best i don't know there was a category over however many followers i had at the time 
oh, best over. over like a hundred thousand yeah. at that point. You know what I like about that is there was only two Twitter awards. I know. And so, the last one, I won queen of Twitter. I know you did. So that means I get to be the reigning queen <laughs> as long as they never have another one. In perpetuity. Yeah. So I'm like, I get to be the queen of Twitter. Forever. Yeah, but Lady Dynamite, that's definitely one. And then for stand-up, uh, I don't know, the stand-up specials that I like refer to a lot. So this is, a, it's probably about a year old and I don't know him at all. I just like interacted with him on Twitter, but my son and I have... John Mulaney's New Kid in Town. Um, no, oh, no, yeah. no, not New Kid in Town. The the Comeback Kid. We have that one. And New Kid in Town is great. But the Comeback Kid is so brilliant. It's the best. Like, John Mulaney is such a good writer. And these bits are so... He's so funny. He's so... They're so tight. Did you see him and Nick Kroll host the Independent Spirit Awards? It was the best hosting of a crying, show. I was crying laughing. I'm like, why don't they host like Every for, show. For the first time, I was like, move over, Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. <laughs> I really felt that way. And I actually talked to... I had a friend who was writing on that. She's on Twitter. You should follow her. She's very funny, Vanessa Ramos. And I, I said, Vanessa, great job. And then what she said was, she said, John Mulaney came into the writer's room... Mm -hmm place down um like a sheaf of paper mm. and it was 95 percent of what was in that monologue he just oh, no he's, shit. he's like a savant he's like you watch him and you you know he's like the mozart of comedy in my opinion just yeah. because he's just like a genius yeah i yeah i i was kind of bummed about his show that he had on fox because i was really yeah hoping that that would stick but he's so funny i think he's such a great writer and he's I, really he's great and as is nick kroll and nick kroll's amazing i he's, mean the, the kroll show if you haven't seen that also oh my just God. watch every single one i would say you know one stand-up that i really enjoy is kathleen madigan I know she's been. I, I gotta watch more of her because I haven't yeah, seen her. She's got. There's three of her. I think three of her specials are on Netflix or maybe two, or maybe I just have. I know she just has. She just had one that came out in like November or something like that. But she's so. I mean, she's a real true road comic. Like she on the road, but she's. Oh my god! Like I just think she's so funny. She she was always funny, and she's only gotten funnier. Well, what I like about her, and I think this is something that. This probably this is just a personal thing, but I like, I don't like the self-deprecating. Yeah, I know. I, I like the and and she doesn't like trash herself. I mean, Sarah Silverman, she does, but she's so funny. Like she's overly arrogant, which yes. to me makes me laugh. Like that's that's that, her stage presence well, is so funny. That's like, the bit. I yeah, mean, it's like that is a self-trashing in a way. But there's so many comedians that do trash themselves. Oh yeah, I know. And so like when somebody's just up there, like you know, just telling stories and it's not, I love that. You know, I, I just think Kathleen Madigan's one of the funniest people. Bill Burr, he always makes me laugh. I like Bill Burr. Bill Burr's, what was that special that he had? It's on Netflix. The one that was all black, black and, and white. white. Yeah. That was really, really funny to me. And Louis C.K. is always, Louis you know, C.K. is reliably I mean, funny. you can't, there's he's, just, he's at the top. It's ridiculous. That Saturday, that Saturday Night Live monologue was one of the funniest monologues I've ever, the one with the animals and then staying at shitty hotels. <laughs> I mean, because those are two premises that are very common. Yeah. Like those are not like those the people have been making jokes about bad hotels and animals. Yeah. It's since, like when people make fun of like something it, at the airport and you're yeah. like, there's a million things, but when somebody nails it it's just it's, it's so, so special when funny. they find that because it's it's even more special when you like have you know can take an area that has been so well trod yeah and then find something new in it well louis ck's last special i still think this was like one of those jokes but i feel like every comedian was like how the fuck did i miss that yeah when was he was it? like 
just so you know, like religion, the Christians won. And if you don't believe me, what year is it? I'm like, God. <laughs> like that was, you know, wow. dangling right there in front of everybody's face for so long. And it was wow. like, yeah, what year is it? Atheist. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> like that, He's right. I thought that was like the smartest. I don't know. It was just I, that really made me laugh. That was just a good joke. Like a solid. There, he, when he does, he does a bit like with his, because, you know, he has two daughters. Yeah. And when he does things about, usually I'm not a big fan of parent kid. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay. It's like when a, a parent becomes a parent for the first time and they're like, I'm thinking of writing a children's book. Like, nobody wants oh, to read that I shit. Know. Nobody wants to read it. No. Don't, don't do it. But or, or like when an alcoholic first like quits alcohol and then they're gonna write their 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 drug log. Right. And yeah. they're like, Yeah, this will help people. It's like, no, you're gonna help people want to fucking drink more. Like that's <laughs> <laughs> what it's gonna do. But he does a thing with his daughters that's like a dad with two daughters. This is something, you know, my dad, like he yeah. had two daughters, but there would be things that he's like I do remember a few times having to go to the men's room. Oh yeah. You know, like, but it's just something you don't no, it's it's like I blocked it out of my head or something. But he talks about having to take his daughters to the airport bathroom, the men's room at JFK. Yeah, and he's like, "Look, honey, <laughs> look at all these all these penises. Some are uncircumcised, some aren't. Just, just a parade of dicks." And then he goes, "I take them to the stall, and then there's just some guy taking a giant shit." He goes, 17 inches from my tiny daughter's little face." <laughs> that was that's really funny. I just remember I'm new thinking my own, but like I. That's something they never prepared me for when I became a parent. Right. So I have twin daughters. Yeah. And I remember taking my daughter, Lily. She's four and I have to go to the bathroom. Like I, you know, and I'm, but I can't leave her outside the bathroom because, you know, that's not <laughs> good parenting. And uh, so if I. You, if you tie them up, it's okay. I guess <laughs> or so. leave them in the car and crack the window. Put a bike lock on right. their neck. I'm surprised most parents don't do that. Just put, yeah, just put chain them to it so i had to take so you have to take them into the stall with you like i'm not going to bring her to a urinal but there's all these people so i take her into the stall so she has to stand there and watch you take a dump and well pee i'm so i'm just i I just i wasn't dumping i was peeing but you probably have had to do that i may have i can usually hold a dump but um uh but somebody's bragging whatever (laughs) whatever hey ladies um but uh yeah i can hold a dump how was, you know who I bet hey, can't uh, hold a dump is Newt Gingrich. Newt Gingrich cannot hold a dump. He's like a horse on a parade. It just like comes out when he walks. He's one of those catcher bags that just hangs under. No, but I'm like in a crowded bathroom with my daughter. I'm like, okay, honey, so you're just going to face over here and I'm going to pee. And she looks and this is, she's probably like four. And she's like, daddy. And I'm like, it, the only voice in a bathroom, because you know men aren't talking to each other in a bathroom. It's like, um, yes, honey. It's like. You have a nice penis. And and you were like, thank you. Why don't you tell your mother for a change? And I swear to God, I, I I just like, I probably splashed her with piss, putting my my, my, my hand over her mouth. And we waited. You didn't at, even wash. You put your hand over her mouth. I just couldn't because I didn't want her talking about oh, my penis anymore. Poor and thing. Then, and then. I'm sending her Purell to college. And then we waited in that stall for... At least, I, I just had to be sure everybody had cleared out from that. I'm surprised because you like compliments. I would love a compliment. <laughs> I mean, it just seems no, like it's, it's my, right up your alley that you'd be like, thank you. Like, No, if like, you know Who's my favorite kid? I would love to hear that I have a nice penis. Right, right. That would be like a fantastic thing to say. By the way, if you, if you are following this podcast and want to write me and tell me 
I imagine you have a nice penis. It would mean the world to me. Well, you've showed me penis pics, like guys sending you penis pics. I thought it was hilarious, like, but I know that the, some some women are offended by it. I think it's no, funny, you, but I screenshot that shit and but, I send it to my friends. But like, here's, I think it's hilarious. But here's the thing, like, women are either offended by it or think it's funny. I've yet to meet the woman who is like, "Holy shit, I gotta meet this guy." No, Look at nobody's, that ticket. Yeah, that's what I don't get. Is I don't know a single woman like any of my friends that would go like, wow, I got to meet the guy attached to that thing. Yeah, like, I mean, I mean, and, I, you, and there's nothing to scale. Like if there was like a well, so Hot Wheels or something next to it, then you would know. But I, I, have, like, a, I have a female friend who was the, the, a very common thing to sit, sit next to. And I don't know how they're taking the picture is an iPhone. So they'll take like the a picture with the iPhone like next but how to would it. you take a picture I, they, with your iphone and then you have another I, iphone I, they must have another, your dick has an iphone they must have another camera i don't know but um yeah a mirror maybe i don't know but like, I, yeah, it, I, I i don't but know. if there was something there the scale you know it would make more sense like you had a can of coke and then you put your dick there and then it would be like i would never do like there was those guys who got hired who got fired from subway because they were putting their dicks in buns and like, do you remember this story? This is before Jared. But they were basically... Ap- yeah, but that's just funny. After hours. I just think like, that's like... Like, I do not want to put my dick in a foot-long bun, in a $5 foot-long right. bun. I just don't think that's... I tried to do that to my, I don't think my ex-husband when he was sleeping because I thought it'd be really funny to put, like, to put like, a hot dog bun. And put it around And I was dick? trying to... Yeah, he woke up. And he was like, what are you doing? I'm like, just... You know, I'm doing my a project. Like, just go back to sleep. <laughs> Why can't you ever support me? <laughs> You're dreaming. Just go back. <laughs> he what? woke up and ruined it. Oh, yeah. I was going to ask and you. That's how, actually how we got divorced. I was going to ask you why your marriage <laughs> broke up, but I, 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 some, I asked him it. So anyway. Um, that was a good wife. <laughs> any last words we're going to say? I mean, in future episodes, as I said, we're going to have our friends in here. We're figuring this out. This is going to be sort of, you're going to be able to tell people like, oh man, I heard the episode where they were figuring out the podcast yeah that, be, it, that it'll be like it'll be one for the history books it's like those you know those early simpsons where homer's voice wasn't right and right, they right. Drawn, drawn yeah then found it exactly or those, yeah those first five seinfelds yeah it's like the first few episodes of a really great show yeah that, 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 that like when i see like i'll if I, a friend rerun comes on i'm like oh okay i'll watch that and then if it's from the first season i'm like yeah nope I don't want to watch that because they, they still were just trying to figure out like the characters, the right. Like, and then, but once they figured it out, you're like, Oh, that's it. Yeah. But that's it took, it. I remember I, I, yeah, it took them, it took them years to figure out that, uh, Courtney Cox was really neat. <laughs> like it took them four years to figure that out. Well, I like in, in that they were all like, they would go back and forth to Joey was kind of dumb, but then he got dumb. Like, <laughs> no, Joey, Joey went from dumb to like, Oh, Joey's, Joey's got full-blown head injury. Yeah, he really, he seemed like he had a neurological disorder. And one thing on that show, those, by the end, they were making a million an episode. Yeah. I don't know why this bothers me, but not one of the guys you ever see wearing a belt. Shirts tucked in. No belt? No belt. If you ever catch a rerun, notice it. It's really weird. And I don't know why it bothers me. I'm like, all that money, y'all can't get a fucking belt for these guys? Was belts, I don't remember, because I'm not a stylish person. Well, if you had on like... Like, look, I'm wearing a belt right now, and I'm not even tucked in. Yeah, look at that guy. You're fully erect too. Will you confirm Yes, and as far as I know, when you tuck in a shirt, you're supposed to wear a belt, right? Because you got to break that shit up. Okay, okay, guy, that's enough. Yeah, that was. I I mean, why is guy dominating? Are you are you holding the talking stick? (laughs) You didn't get the conch shell.
Oh my God. Yeah, we should have a t- A conch shell like in Lord of the Flies. <laughs> One thing that you and I do enjoy is like a good sketch clip of something. We love them. I love a good sketch clip. And the ones on Conan that like Dan Cronin. <laughs> oh my God. He's so good. Follow Dan Cronin first yeah. of all on Twitter. The War Horse one and the Rub Light. Oh yeah. You know what we'll do? Let's... We'll save that for next. No. Let's link... Can we link Rub Light and War Horse? Let's link Rub Light and War Horse either... We don't know if we'll have a website, but we'll certainly link it on our on the uh, Doing It podcast. At Doing It podcast. We'll, it's on Instagram and on Twitter. And on Instagram on Twitter. And we'll link both Rub Light and War Horse. Did you see the man spreading one? Oh my God, that's so funny. I forgot about yeah, that one. Yeah, I do the man spreading one okay, too. Yeah, so we got three. But Dan, like... And we'll discuss next week. Dan Cronin is... He's a genius. He's so funny. Like he just, he really, the other day he, he tweeted out, could somebody please Photoshop Pumbaa on a Roomba? <laughs> I know. It was so stupid, but I was like, it, it, I, I look at people, like two people did it. Like no, genius. I, I loved it. I love, I love that. Well, well, that, so that was the first show. Yeah, I think we nailed it. What do you think, Jenny? I feel like Birdie's odor. I'm going to pass out. Yeah, I may pass out from it too, but uh, the dogs were here. Guy, you heard Guy? You heard Guy briefly. and um, You want to say something, Guy? No, no. he just shook his head no. Okay, I'm going to... Thanks for chiming in, Guy. Um, And this is where the outro (laughs) music will go. I hope you like the intro music. We don't know what it was yet, but I'm sure it'll be fantastic. And I hope it's LL Cool J's doing it. Oh, that's a good idea. What was your idea, Huey Lewis in the News? Guy had an idea. Yeah, Huey Lewis in the News did uh, Doing It All for My Baby. And he goes, doing it, doing it. And he's doing it right right now, actually, as a matter of fact. That's that's how Post works. Oh, wow. So that's what's happening right now. Just a little bit of LL Cool J, and then it went right into uh, Huey Lewis. Doing it and doing it. And then Huey Lewis, yeah. Well, look. um, Huey Lewis, my first crush. Really? Yeah. The News was my first crush. I had the cassette tape of Huey Lewis in the news, and I remember thinking, yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why that Huey Lewis did it for me because, as a child. Was it because you were taking what they, they're giving because you were working for a living? I don't know. I think the fact that he had a song where he mentioned, he said Houston. Oh, Remember? Yeah. And that was like, it's like he said something to me. Yeah. He didn't say Bay City, which I was technically from, but I took it. That's a great story. We'll edit that out. But um, um oh my god. I... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, goodbye and we'll see you next week. Yes. Peace. We're about to jam and flat blast both of you. I ain't want to mess up this $3700 Lynx call.